we continue with the intro from Psalm 98 and also Isaiah 9. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. O oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Lord be with you, and also with you. The Old Testament lesson appointed for this Christmas Day service is from the book of Isaiah, the 52nd chapter. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice and together they sing for joy. For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people, he has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has laid bare his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle lesson is from Hebrews chapter 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to his fathers by the prophets, but now in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe. You will roll them up like a garment. They will be changed, but you are the same, 
and your years will have no end. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospels according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. If you've noticed during our readings this morning, the focus has been on the fact that Christmas is a celebration and a focus on the fact that God came into the world in the flesh of Jesus Christ. We worship, yes, Jesus, who is both truly God and truly man. And thus, that truth was made evident in the reading that we had from Isaiah 9. It was emphasized again in our letter to the Hebrews. And now in John's gospel, his Christmas message, we're reminded that the word was made flesh. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. But he was not the light. He came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, And we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace and mercy and peace is yours through Jesus Christ, the babe born in Bethlehem, our Lord, our Savior. Well, it's present opening time. And the boy, he grabs the gift from his grandmother's hands. He rips off the bow, he tears the red and green wrapping paper to shreds. And he holds a white box in his hands. And he pulls off the cover of the box and he dumps the contents of the box onto the floor. What a beautiful sweater, his mom exclaims. Oh, that's going to keep you really warm on a chilly winter day, his dad chimes in. I hope you like it. I made it myself, beams Grandma. But the boy, well, he moans, oh, yuck, clothes. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but there's a beautiful, well, a fairly beautifully wrapped present here in the manger or in the cradle with with Christ. And it says, open at Christmas. Well, it's Christmas morning, so we can open up this gift. So just give me a moment to do so. 
I wonder what's in here. I know what's in here because I put it in here. But you don't know what's in here. So what do you think might be in here? Uh, might it be a um, sum of money? Probably not. Might it be a box of turtles? The chocolate kind, that is? Well, let's see. Let's see here. Oh, here we are. Oh, oh yeah. All I see here is a piece of paper. Maybe it's a gift certificate. Maybe it's a gift certificate to uh, Concordia Publishing House so I can add more books to my, to my library. But no, it's not that. As you can see, it's just a gift of, just a piece of paper. But it does say it's a gift to the whole congregation. So I wonder what that is. Maybe it's a new furnace. <laughs> that would be kind of nice, don't you think? Uh, no, it's not that either. Uh, let me see. Well, it says turn the page, so I'm going to turn the page. And this is, Okay. This is what it says. It says, The gift of my grace in Christ Jesus. This is a gift to the whole congregation. A gift of my grace in Jesus Christ, given in love, God, your Heavenly Father. I trust that none of you are pouting over what we've just discovered in this box. I hope that none of you are disappointed about this gift. I mean, I hope none of you thought, oh, yeah, it's just uh, oh, joy of joys. It's just God promising to, to love and forgive me every day and forever, as if I don't get that every day of the year. No, I pray that, I pray that this treasure, that this gift is something that you truly cherish. For it's the gift, God's promise. Even though it's written on a piece of paper. It's his promise of his eternal love for us. You know, there's more to this gift than just simply a piece of paper. And so I want to unwrap what this means when God says that he gives us his grace in Jesus Christ. Let's unwrap it by looking at the words that St. Paul wrote to Titus in chapter 3 of his letter to Titus. This is what Paul writes. He says, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might be heirs according to the hope of eternal life. In one of those ancient, well, it's not so ancient, but in one of those ancient Star Trek reruns, Captain James T. Kirk says to the Greek god Apollo, Our age has outgrown our need for you. Our age has no need, has no need for gods. Well, Captain James T. Kirk is kind of right, isn't he? And we don't need those impotent gods. Those gods like Zeus and Apollo or Allah or one of the myriad of gods that the Hindus worship. We don't need any other kinds of false gods. And sadly, there's a growing number of people who, who agree with James T. Kirk 
Our age has no need of any gods of any kind. As many, many people in the world and even our own country are embracing self-idolatry. And many people, quite frankly, during this holiday season, as they call it, look at God's Christmas gift and they kind of roll their eyes and they think, oh, who really needs that? Who really needs Jesus? He's just kind of like one of those sweaters that we get year after year. Oh, yuck, not that again. But you see, every person of our era and every person of any era in, any hist- in our history needs the God who does not stand aloof from his creation, but everyone needs the God who comes to his creation in the person of Jesus Christ. St. Paul writes, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared as Mary's newborn son, he revealed to us his mercy and grace. I mean, God's grace is so grand, it's so great, it's so much needed by the world that it, that it didn't just come with a tag attached to it. No, in fact, there was no tag attached to the Christ child. But instead, the gift is announced by angels. Thousands of angels. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find this Christmas gift wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. The shepherds to whom the angels make this Christmas announcement go to Bethlehem, just as they're told to do, and they unwrap the gift. And what do they see? A baby. A newborn infant child of Jewish heritage, born to impoverished people, Mary and Joseph. But they see more than that, don't they? They see God's goodness and they see God's loving kindness in human flesh. They behold the Christ, the promised one, the Savior of the world. And Jesus is our Heavenly Father's gift to you and to me. St. Paul writes, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, which He did in Bethlehem, He saved us on Mount Calvary, which He did, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but He saved us according to His own mercy. It's our Father's love and kindness and mercy for us that prompts him to send the gift of his son to this world. The incarnation, God becoming a man, is God's visible, his visible assurance of his love for you and me. And we join our voices, as we've done so already in this service, but we join our voices in praise and adoration with Mary and with Joseph and with the shepherds and with the angelic host who greeted the birth of our Savior, our newborn Savior, with song. As we do in one of J.S. Bach's oratories where we sing, This weak little boy shall be our comfort and joy. Come to destroy the devil and bring peace at last. 
Every person needs, no, every person requires God's intervention in their lives in the person of Jesus Christ. Because the Bible makes it so very clear that we cannot save ourselves from sin's curse or death. No, our Father saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His mercy. And so our Heavenly Father says to you and me as we unwrapped His gift, the gift of His Son this morning, He says to you and me, Merry Christmas. And as we unwrap this gift of God's grace, we also find God's gracious act of baptism. No doubt you have spent this, some time this past month shopping in stores or browsing online for that perfect gift that you get, wanted to give to someone you love. And you found it, and you paid for it, and you brought the gift home or you had it delivered to your door, and you, and you wrapped the gift and you placed it under the Christmas tree, and that's where the gift sits. And you have no intention, none, of giving the gift to the person to whom you purchased it for. That's absurd, isn't it? I mean, we don't shop for and buy a gift for someone only to keep it hidden under the tree, unwrapped and unused. No. We purchase the gift so we may give the gift to someone that we love. And our Heavenly Father went to an extraordinary effort and cost so that he might give to us the perfect Christmas gift. And that story of Christmas, as told by Matthew and Luke, it, it begins in Nazareth with, with the messenger from heaven telling Mary and Joseph that Mary is, is with child, she's pregnant, and she's actually pregnant with the Son of the Most High God. And the story continues in Bethlehem when the promised child is delivered and wrapped in swaddling cloths while the angels announce the child's birth to lowly shepherds. And the Christmas story continues as God's son begins his earthly ministry and it culminates in Golgotha and at a garden tomb where Jesus' lifeless body is wrapped in swaddling cloths of the burial type. And God's Christmas gift. Well, it may be a charming story in the beginning of an infant child born on a silent night in some faraway land the Christmas story includes the gruesome narrative of God's son being beaten and mocked and rejected by men and even rejected by his heavenly father as he dies on the cross. And why? Because he loves us. And he knows that by his death, he will save us from our sin and from death itself. But how does our Heavenly Father deliver this gift of love and forgiveness to us that He's purchased on that cross with the blood of His dear own Son? Well, you know, some people, and maybe you did this, when they give a gift, they have Amazon or they have UPS or they have the U.S. Postal Service deliver the gift right to the person's door. Others hand deliver the gifts, as maybe some of you did last night or will do later to this day or later this week. You'll give the gift right to the person for whom you have purchased it. And how does God deliver his gift of grace to us? 
Well, he delivers his gift of forgiveness to us, wrapped and packaged in his word, the Bible. It comes packaged to us in holy baptism, and it comes packaged to us in the Lord's Supper. And it's the packaging of baptism that Paul focuses in on in our text. Paul writes, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. The Greek word translated as washing in our text, in our English Bibles, is used in Greek literature for a bath. And the word bath conveys the idea of a thorough cleansing of the body. And when we are baptized, God gives us a bath. Not to cleanse our hair and not to rid us of our body odor, but to cleanse us of the inner impurity caused by our sin. Our Heavenly Father washes us. He cleanses us by the blood of Jesus Christ. St. Paul writes, Christ loved the church and he gave, herself up, he gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. And St. John adds, if we walk in the light as he is in light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. And if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now as we receive this gift from our Heavenly Father, we may find ourselves responding, you shouldn't have. I'm not worthy of such a precious gift. To which our Heavenly Father says, you're correct. You're not worthy of this gift. But to whom I give my gift is not for you to determine. Out of my love for you, I choose to give you my gift. And so God's Christmas gift includes a bath, <laughs> a good daily bath cleansing our sins, which we need each day as we repent of our sin and believe in Christ as our Savior. And this gift of God's cleansing is something that we never outgrow, just as we never outgrow the need for a good bath. No, our Heavenly Father, our loving Father, says to us, I've saved you. Not because of works done in righteousness by you, but I give you my gift. I give it to you out of my mercy and love for you. And I give it to you in the waters of holy baptism when I poured out the Holy Spirit upon you richly. And the Holy Spirit continues to give us this gift of a bath day by day as we remember our baptism and as we confess our sins and as we receive God's forgiveness in Christ. And the Holy Spirit continues to cleanse and renew and revitalize us in our faith as we read the Bible and as we worship the Lord and as we eat His body and drink His blood in the Holy Supper. And so our Heavenly Father says to you and to me as we unwrap His Christmas gift this morning, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas in the waters, the bath of holy baptism. And as we unwrap our Heavenly Father's gift of grace, we also discover our Heavenly Father's assurance of an eternal inheritance. St. Paul writes, being justified by His grace, we become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Some of us may receive a gift certificate as a gift for some future product or service. The gift certificate that we receive has already been purchased, hasn't it? It's been purchased by the one who 
purchased it for us and who's now given us that gift. And the product or that service awaits us. All we simply need to do is cash it in. Well, we receive a gift certificate of sorts from our Heavenly Father. We receive from our Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, not only the forgiveness of our sins, but we're also given the gift of eternal life. The gift of living with our Lord forevermore. And it's this gift that awaits us. We simply cash it in sometime in the future when we die. And this gift from God is truly the gift that just keeps on giving and giving and giving into eternity. But this gift of everlasting life is not just some future reality, it's a present reality as well. Thinking of a Christmas meal, one pastor said, in this life we are experiencing the hors d'oeuvres of salvation. But when we die, the Lord opens the rich treasures of his boundless store and he serves us the full course meal. St. Paul says in the opening words of his letter to Titus that we to whom God gives the gift possess a faith and knowledge resting on the hope of eternal life which God, who does not lie, promised to you and me from the beginning of time. And so our Heavenly Father says to you and me as we unwrap his gift this morning, he says, Merry Eternal Christmas. Over the years, we have received Christmas gifts that we still cherish. We cherish these gifts after so many years because we cherish the person who gave the gift to us. And the greatest gift giver is our Heavenly Father. And who of us can truly comprehend His love for us, a love so profound that He gives us that which is of most value to Him, and that is the gift of His own Beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm certain that none of us sitting here this morning will roll our eyes and think, oh, it's just Jesus again. It's the same gift year after year. No, I'm sure that will not be in our thoughts. But instead, this morning, we treasure God's gift, don't we? We treasure God's gift to us, and we will do so until our dying day, because we cherish the one who gives it to us. Our Heavenly Father wants us to unwrap His Christmas gift, and He wants us to receive His gift in faith every day and to treasure it for all of eternity. Indeed, as we unwrap God's gift to us this day, He beams with delight, and He proclaims, Merry Christmas, one and all. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.